Hello all, Joe here with the Modern Heathen Man. Um, coming to you today with the next installment of the Prozetta, numbers 4, 5, and 6. The Prozetta is one of my favorite books in the sense that it's a story of a man who travels and is questioned by Odin about his religion. What I like most about it is, is how much he knows but the best part of the story is what he knows tells us what is a Satchu or what is modern North Henry of the time. Now, we have melded it a bit to, to meet our time and our needs and everything like that. But for the most part, you know, we, we've gotten it pretty close. And based on what this is here, written by Snorri Sturluson, we're able to see that we are trying to be as close as possible. This is a great book, quite enjoyable. So without any further ado, here's four, five, and six. Grab yourself a cup, grab yourself a horn, fill a bead, fill a coffee, fill a cider, fill whatever you want. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the next parts of the Prozetta. Talk to you guys tomorrow. Hey guys, Joe here from Modern Heathen Man. I wanted to tell you about this great new place that I found. It's a really safe place for heathens of all walks. Um, it's called the International Satru Foundation. They have their own social network platform called the Roots of Yggdrasil. And the International Satru Foundation is an organization that is dedicated to the preservation, growth, and advancement of Germanic paganism. They build networks, share knowledge, and gather in pursuit of common goals. As an organization, they operate at the kindred level and encourage you to explore and ask questions throughout that time frame. Their vision is easy. It's heathens from every walk of life working together for a common goal, the reveal and continued practice of Germanic paganism for everyone worldwide. The things that they're doing are really exciting. They strive to help you understand heathenry better and the different paths of heathenry and Germanic paganism. They educate the public about the faith, they gather to share knowledge, build reputable resources for learning, and work towards common goals set by the community itself. They're working on starting a whole school program to make very good educated Gothi, and working on a program specifically for our warriors. Everyone is free to walk their paths as he or she wills, but I'm telling you, this is the greatest place to go. It's a safe haven for heathens. If you're tired of all that Facebook banter and getting banned and going to Facebook jail all the time, they have their own social media network where you're safe to talk about heathenry all day long with other heathens. They're really specific on who they let in there, and it's only heathens talking with heathens. That's all there is to it. So go ahead and check it out. Their address is asatru.org with the real spelling with the hashtags above the A and the U. So make sure to go ahead and check them out, and uh, hopefully we'll see you join there, the International Satru Foundation. Thanks, guys. Gilfagening, sections 11 through 20, of the Prose Edda by Snorri Sturluson. Translated by Arthur Giltrist Brodeur, 1888 to 1971. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Gilfagening, The Beguiling of Gilfi, section 11. Then said Gangleri, 
how does he govern the course of the sun or of the moon har answered a certain man was named mundifari who had two children they were so fair and comely that he called his son moon and his daughter sun and wedded her to the man called glenner but the gods were incensed at that insolence and took the brother and sister and set them up in the heavens they caused sun to drive those horses that drew the chariot of the sun which the gods had fashioned for the world's illumination from that glowing stuff which flew out of muspelheim those horses are called thus early wake and all strong and under the shoulders of the horses the gods set two wind-bags to cool them but in some records that is called iron coolness moon steers the course of the moon and determines its waxing and waning he took from the earth two children called beel and hyuki they that went from the well called birgir bearing on their shoulders the cask called segir and the pole simul their father is named vinfinner these children follow moon as may be seen from the earth twelve then said gangleri the sun fares swiftly and almost as if she were afraid she could not hasten her course any the more if she feared her destruction then har made answer it is no marvel that she hastens furiously close cometh he that seeks her and she has no escape save to run away then said gangleri who is he that causes her this disquiet har replied it is two wolves and he that runs after her is called skul she fears him and he shall take her but he that leaps before her is called hati hrodvitnison he is eager to seize the moon and so it must be then said gangleri what is the race of the wolves har answered a witch dwells to the east of midgard in the forest called ironwood in that wood dwell the troll women who are known as ironwood women the old witch bears many giants for sons and all in the shape of wolves and from this source are these wolves sprung the saying runs thus from this race shall come one that shall be mightiest of all he that is named moonhound he shall be filled with the flesh of all those men that die and he shall swallow the moon and sprinkle with blood the heavens and all the air thereof shall the sun lose her shining and the winds in that day shall be unquiet and roar on every side so it says in voluspa eastward dwells the old one in ironwood and there gives birth to fenrir's brethren there shall spring of them all a certain one the moon's taker in troll's likeness he is filled with flesh of fey men reddens the god's seats with ruddy blood gouts swart becomes sunshine in summers after the weather all shifty wit ye yet or what thirteen then said gangleri what is the way to heaven from earth then har answered and laughed aloud now that is not wisely asked has it not been told thee that the gods made a bridge from earth to heaven called bifrost thou must have seen it it may be that ye call it rainbow it is of three colours and very strong and made with cunning and with more magic art than other works of craftsmanship but strong as it is yet must it be broken when the sons of muspel should go forth harrying and ride it and swim their horses over great rivers thus they shall proceed then said gangleri to my thinking the gods did not build the bridge honestly seeing that it could be broken and they able to make it as they would then har replied the gods are not deserving of reproof because of this work of skill a good bridge is bifrost but nothing in this world is of such nature 
that it may be relied on when the sons of muspel go a-harrying fourteen then said gangleri what did allfather then do when asgard was made Har answered in the beginning he established rulers and bade them ordain fates with him and give counsel concerning the planning of the town that was in the place which is called idafield in the midst of the town it was their first work to make that court in which their twelve seats stand and another the high seat which all father himself has that house is the best made of any on earth and the greatest without and within it is all like one piece of gold men call it gladsheim they made also a second hall that was a shrine which the goddesses had and it was a very fair house men called it vingolf next they fashioned a house wherein they placed a forge and made besides a hammer tongs and anvil and by means of these all other tools after this they smithied metal and stone and wood and wrought so abundantly that metal which is called gold that they had all their household ware and all dishes of gold and that time is called the age of gold before it was spoiled by the coming of the women even those who came out of jutenheim next after this the gods enthroned themselves in their seats and held judgment and called to mind whence the dwarves had quickened in the mould and underneath in the earth even as do maggots in flesh the dwarves had first received shape and life in the flesh of ymir and were then maggots but by decree of the gods had become conscious with the intelligence of men and had human shape and nevertheless they dwell in the earth and in stones modsugnir was the first and durin the second so it says in voluspa then strode all the mighty to the seats of judgment the gods most holy and together held counsel who should of dwarves shape the peoples from the bloody surge in the blue one's bones they made many in man's likeness dwarves in the earth as durin said and these says the sibyl are their names ni and nidi nordri and sudri austri vestri altufer dvalin nar nain nipinger dain bifer baffer bomber nori ori onar oin mjodvitnir vigor and gandalfir vidalfir thorin fili kili fundin vali thror throin fecker liter and viter nir nirader recker radsvider and these also are dwarves and dwell in stones but the first in mould draupnir dogvari pur hugstari pledjulfer glowin dori ori dufer anvari heptifili har sviar and these proceed from svarin's hauger to aurvangar on Europlain, and thence is lovar come these are their names skirfir birfir skafider ai alfir ingvi aikinsjaldi faler frosti feeder ginar fifteen then said gangleri where is the chief abode or holy place of the gods har answered that is at the ash of yggdrasil there the gods must give judgment every day then gangleri asked what is to be said concerning that place then said jafnhar the ash is greatest of all trees and best its limbs spread out over all the world and stand above heaven three roots of the tree uphold it and stand exceeding broad one is among the aesir another among the rime giants in that place where aforetime was the yawning void the third stands over niflheim and under that root is fergelmir and nidhogr gnaws the root from below 
but under that root which turns toward the rime giants is mimir's well wherein wisdom and understanding are stored and he is called mimir who keeps the well he is full of ancient lore since he drinks of the well from the gjallarhorn thither came allfather and craved one drink of the well but he got it not until he had laid his eye in pledge so says voluspa all know i odin where the eye thou hiddest in the wide renowned well of mimir mimir drinks mead every morning from valfather's wage wit ye yet or what the third root of the ash stands in heaven and under that root is the well which is very holy that is called the well of urdur there the gods hold their tribunal each day the aesir ride thither up over bifrost which is also called the aesir's bridge these are the names of the aesir's steeds sleipnir is best which odin has he has eight feet the second is gladr the third gilir the fourth glenr the fifth skeldbrimir the sixth silfrentopper the seventh sinir the eighth gisel the ninth falhofnir the tenth gultopper the eleventh letfeti baldr's horse was burnt with him and thor walks to the judgment and wades those rivers which are called thus kormt and ormt and the kerlaugs twain them shall thor wade every day when he goes to doom at ash yggdrasil for the aesir's bridge burns all with flame and the holy waters howl then said gangleri does fire burn over bifrost har replied that which thou seest to be red in the bow is burning fire the hill giants might go up to heaven if passage on bifrost were open to all those who would cross there are many fair places in heaven and over everything there a godlike watch is kept a hall stands there fair under the ash by the well and out of that hall come three maids who are called thus urdur verdandi skuld these maids determine the period of men's lives we call them norns but there are many norns those who come to each child that is born to appoint his life these are of the race of the gods but the second are of the elf people and the third are of the kindred of the dwarves as it is said here most sundered in birth i say the norns are they claim no common kin some are of aesir kin some are of elf kind some are dvalin's daughters then said gangleri if the norns determine the weirds of men then they apportion exceeding unevenly seeing that some have a pleasant and luxurious life but others have little worldly goods or fame some have long life others short har said good norns and of honourable race appoint good life but those men that suffer evil fortunes are governed by evil norns sixteen then said gangleri what more mighty wonders are to be told of the ash har replied much is to be told of it an eagle sits in the limbs of the ash and he has understanding of many a thing and between his eyes sits the hawk that is called vedrfulnir the squirrel called ratatusker runs up and down the length of the ash bearing envious words between the eagle and nidhugger and four hearts run in the limbs of the ash and bite the leaves they are called thus dain dvalin duner durathror moreover so many serpents are in fergelmir with nidhugger that no tongue can tell them as is here said ash yggdrasil suffers anguish more than men know of the stag bites above on the side it rotteth and nidhugger gnaws from below and it is further said more serpents lie under yggdrasil's stock 
than every unwise ape can think going and moin grafvitnir's sons grabakr and grafuldr ofnir and svafnir i think shall a tear the trunks twigs it is further said that these norns who dwell by the well of urdur take water of the well every day and with it that clay which lies about the well and sprinkle it over the ash to the end that its limbs shall not wither nor rot for that water is so holy that all things which come there into the well become as white as the film which lies within the eggshell as is here said i know an ash standing called yggdrasil a high tree sprinkled with snow-white clay thence come the dews in the dale that fall it stands ever green above urdur's well that dew which falls from it onto the earth is called by men honey-dew and thereon are bees nourished two fowls are fed in urdur's well they are called swans and from those fowls has come the race of birds which is so called seventeen then said gangleri thou knowest many tidings to tell of the heaven what chief abodes are there more than at urdur's well har said many places are there and glorious that which is called alfheimer is one where dwell the peoples called light elves but the dark elves dwell down in the earth and they are unlike in appearance but by far more unlike in nature the light elves are fairer to look upon than the sun but the dark elves are blacker than pitch then there is also in that place the abode called breidablik and there is not in heaven a fairer dwelling there too is one called glitnir whose walls and all its posts and pillars are of red gold but its roof of silver there is also the abode called himimbjorg it stands at heaven's end by the bridgehead in the place where bifrus joins heaven another great abode is there which is named valaskjof odin possesses that dwelling the gods made it and thatched it with sheer silver and in this hall is the hlidskjof the high seat so called whenever allfather sits in that seat he surveys all lands at the southern end of heaven is that hall which is fairest of all and brighter than the sun it is called gimle it shall stand when both heaven and earth have departed and good men and of righteous conversation shall dwell therein so it is said in voluspa a hall i know standing than the sun fairer thatched with gold and gimle bright there shall dwell the doers of righteousness and ever and ever enjoy delight then said gangleri what shall guard this place when the flame of surtur shall consume heaven and earth har answered it is said that another heaven is to the southward and upward of this one and it is called anlanger but the third heaven is yet above that and it is called vidblain and in that heaven we think this abode is but we believe that none but light elves inhabit these mansions now eighteen then said gangleri whence comes the wind it is strong so that it stirs great seas and it swells fire but strong as it is none may see it for it is wonderfully shapen then said har that i am well able to tell thee at the northward end of heaven sits a giant called hrasvelger he has the plumes of an eagle and when he stretches his wings for flight then the wind rises from under his wings as is here said hrasvelger hight he who sits at heaven's ending giant in eagle's coat from his wings they say the wind cometh all menfolk over nineteen then said gangleri why is there so much difference that summer should be hot but winter cold har answered a wise man would not ask thus seeing that all are able to tell this 
but if thou alone art become so slight of understanding as not to have heard it then i will yet permit that thou shouldst rather ask foolishly once than that thou shouldst be kept longer in ignorance of a thing which it is proper to know he is called svasudr who is father of summer and he is of pleasant nature so that from his name whatsoever is pleasant is called sweet but the father of winter is variously called vindulyoni or vindsvalr he is the son of vasadr and these were kinsmen grim and chilly-breasted and winter has their temper twenty then said gangleri who are the aesir they in whom it behooves men to believe Har answered the divine aesir are twelve then said jafnhar not less holy are the asinjur the goddesses and they are of no less authority then said thridi odin is highest and eldest of the aesir he rules all things and mighty as are the other gods they all serve him as children obey a father frigg is his wife and she knows all the fates of men though she speaks no prophecy as is said here when odin himself spake with him of the aesir whom men call loki thou art mad now loki and reft of mind why loki leavest thou not off frigg methinks is wise in all fates though herself say them not odin is called allfather because he is father of all the gods he is also called father of the slain because all those that fall in battle are the sons of his adoption for them he appoints valhalla and vingolf and they are then called champions he is also called god of the hanged god of gods god of cargoes and he has also been named in many more ways after he had come to king geirudr we were called grimmer and gangleri herjan hjelmberi fekker thridi thudr udr helblindi har sadr svipal sangital Ertaiter, Hnikar, Biliger, Baleger, Bolverke, Fjulnir, Grimnir, Glapsvider, Fjulsvider, Sidhutur, Sidskeger, Sigfudur, Nikudur, Alfudur, Atridur, Falmatir, Oski, Omi, Jafenharb, Biflindi, Gundlir, Arbader, Svidur, Svidrir, Yelker, Kjalar, Vidur, Thror, Eger, Thunder, Vakr, Skilfinger, Vafudr, Roptatir, Gautir, Feratir. Then said Gangleri, exceeding many names have ye given him, and by my faith it must indeed be a goodly wit that knows all the lore and the examples of what chances have brought about each of these names. Then Har made answer, It is truly a vast sum of knowledge to gather together and set forth fittingly, but it is briefest to tell thee that most of his names have been given him by reason of this chance there being so many branches of tongues in the world all peoples believed that it was needful for them to turn his name into their own tongue by which they might the better invoke him and entreat him on their own behalf but some occasions for these names arose in his wanderings and that matter is recorded in tales nor canst thou ever be called a wise man if thou shalt not be able to tell of those great events End of sections 11 through 20 of Gilfagening, the Beguiling of Gilfi. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine.
Hey guys, this is Joe at Modern Heathen Man. How are you all today? Hoping you're having a good and uh, great day. Anyway, I wanted to tell you guys about this YouTube channel that I found called Midgard Musings. It's by a man named Jesse, and it is incredible. He has new videos uploaded on the channel every Sunday night, and he has a live Facebook stream every Sunday at 7 p.m. Um, Central Standard Time. Midgard Musings' goal is to help build heathen communities around the world with educational content and laid-back fun manner. He values the historical aspect of this path and uses it to help us grow and develop as heathens in modern times. So if you've been a heathen for a while or just brand new to it, definitely check it out. It's something worthwhile. If you'd like to support Midgard Musings by subscribing to youtube.com forward slash Midgard Musings, following on Facebook and purchasing merchandise from the Teespring and Redbubble stores, Redbubble, say that three times, all of which can be found on the YouTube channel video description. Midgard Musing also offers handmade driftwood rune sets for sale, and the purchase of these items help support the channel. Just to touch base on that a little bit, I actually own one of those rune sets. They are incredibly nice, good feel, wonderful stuff, good power within them. I'm telling you, worthwhile checking out. So please head on over to Midgard Musings, like and subscribe to the channel, and follow on Facebook and on YouTube at facebook.com slash midgardmusings and youtube.com slash midgardmusings. M-I-D-G-A-R-D-M-U-S-I-N-G-S will find you that Midgard Musings. Thanks, guys, and have a great day. Gilfagening, sections 21 to 34 of the Prose Edda by Snorri Sturluson. Translated by Arthur Gilchrist Brodeur, 1888 to 1971. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Section 21 to 34 of The Beguiling of Gilfi. 21. Then said Gangleri, What are the names of the other Isir, or what is their office, or what deeds of renown have they done? Har answered, Thor is the foremost of them he that is called thor of the aesir or oku thor he is the strongest of all the gods and men he has his realm in the place called thrudvagnar and his hall is called bilskirnir in that hall are five hundred rooms and forty that is the greatest house that men know of it is thus said in grimnismal five hundred floors and more than forty so reckon i bilskirnir with bending ways of those houses that i know of hall roofed my sons i know the most thor has two he-goats that are called tooth-nasher and tooth-gritter and a chariot wherein he drives and the he-goats draw the chariot therefore he is called uku thor he is also three things of great price one is the hammer mjolnir which the rhyme giants and the hill giants know when it is raised on high and that is no wonder it has bruised many a skull among their fathers or their kinsmen he has a second costly thing best of all the girdle of might and when he clasps it about him then the godlike strength within him is increased by half yet a third thing he has in which there is much virtue his iron gloves he cannot do without them when he uses his hammer shaft but no one is so wise that he can tell all his mighty works yet i can tell thee so much tidings of him that the hours would be spent before all that i know were told 22. 
then said gangleri i would ask tidings of more aesir har replied the second son of odin is bolder and good things are to be said of him he is best and all praise him he is so fair of feature and so bright that light shines from him a certain herb is so white that it is likened to baldr's brow of all grasses it is whitest and by it thou mayest judge his fairness both in hair and in body he is the wisest of the aesir and the fairest spoken and most gracious and that quality attends him that none may gainsay his judgments he dwells in the place called breidablik which is in heaven in that place may nothing unclean be even as is said here breidablik tis called where baldr has a hole made for himself in that land where i know lie fewest baneful runes twenty three the third among the aesir is he that is called njordur he dwells in heaven in the abode called noatun he rules the course of the wind and stills sea and fire on him shall men call for voyages and for hunting he is so prosperous and abounding in wealth that he may give them great plenty of lands or of gear in him shall men invoke for such things njordur is not of the race of the aesir he was reared in the land of the vanir but the vanir delivered him as hostage to the gods and took for hostage in exchange him that men called hunir he became an atonement between the gods and the vanir Nirdir has to wife the woman called skadi daughter of thiazi the giant skadi would fain dwell in the abode which her father had had which is on certain mountains in a place called thrymheimer but Nirdir would be near the sea they made a compact on these terms they should be nine nights in thrymheimer but the second nine in noatun but when njordr came down from the mountain back to noatun he sang this lay loath were the hills to me i was not long in them nights only nine to me the wailing of wolves seemed ill after the song of swans then skadi sang this sleep could i never on the sea-beds for the wailing of waterfowl he wakens me who comes from the deep the sea-mew every morn then skadi went up onto the mountain and dwelt in thrymheimer and she goes for the more part on snowshoes and with a bow and arrow and shoots beasts she is called snowshoe goddess or lady of the snowshoes so it is said thrymheimer tis called where thiazi dwelt he the hideous giant but now skadi abides pure bride of the gods in her father's ancient freehold twenty four njordr in noatun begot afterward two children the son was called freyr and the daughter freya they were fair of face and mighty freyr is the most renowned of the aesir he rules over the rain and the shining of the sun and therewithal the fruit of the earth and it is good to call on him for fruitful seasons and peace he governs also the prosperity of men but freya is the most renowned of the goddesses she has in heaven the dwelling called Fulkvanger, and wheresoever she rides to the strife she has one half of the kill and odin half as is here said Fulkvanger tis called where freya rules degrees of seats in the hall half the kill she keepeth each day and half odin half her hall sesrumnir is great and fair when she goes forth she drives her cats and sits in a chariot she is most conformable to man's prayers and from her name comes the name of honour fru by which noble women are called songs of love are well pleasing to her 
it is good to call on her for furtherance in love twenty five then said gangleri great in power do these aesir seem to me nor is it a marvel that much authority attends you who are said to possess understanding of the gods and know which one men should call on for what boon soever or are the gods yet more har said yet remains that one of the aesir who is called tyr he is most daring and best in stoutness of heart and he has much authority over victory in battle it is good for men of valour to invoke him it is a proverb that he is tyr valiant who surpasses other men and does not waver he is wise so that it is also said that he that is wisest is tyr prudent this is one token of his daring when the aesir enticed fenris wolf to take upon him the fetter gleipnir the wolf did not believe them that they would loose him until they laid tyr's hand into his mouth as a pledge but when the aesir would not loose him then he bit off the hand at the place now called the wolf's joint and tyr is one-handed and is not called a reconciler of men twenty six one is called bragi he is renowned for wisdom and most of all for fluency of speech and skill with words he knows most of skaldship and after him skaldship is called brager and from his name that one is called bragerman or woman who possesses eloquence surpassing others of women or of men note brager as a noun means poetry as an adjective it seems to mean foremost thus the phrase brager kala seems to be foremost of men with apparent reference to poetic preeminence his wife is idun she guards in her chest of ash those apples which the gods must taste whensoever they grow old and then they all become young and so it shall be even unto the weird of the gods then said gangleri a very great thing methinks the gods entrust to the watchfulness and good faith of idun then said har laughing loudly twas near being desperate once i may be able to tell thee of it but now thou shalt first hear more of the names of the aesir twenty seven heimdallr is the name of one he is called the white god he is great and holy nine maidens all sisters bore him for a son he is also called halinskidi and gulintani his teeth were of gold and his horse is called goldtop he dwells in the place called himimbjorg hard by bifrost he is the warder of the gods and sits there by heaven's end to guard the bridge from the hill giants he needs less sleep than a bird he sees equally well night and day a hundred leagues from him and hears how grass grows on the earth or wool on sheep and everything that has a louder sound he has that trumpet which is called gjallarhorn and its blast is heard throughout all worlds heimdallr's sword is called head it is said further himimbjorg tis called where heimdallr they say a has his housing there the god sentinel drinks in his snug hall gladly good mead and furthermore he himself says in heimdallr galdr i am of nine mothers the offspring of sisters nine am i the son twenty eight one of the aesir is named hudr he is blind he is of sufficient strength but the gods would desire that no occasion should rise of naming this god for the work of his hands shall long be held in memory among gods and men twenty nine vidar is the name of one the silent god he has a thick shoe is nearly as strong as thor in him the gods have great trust in all struggles thirty 
one is called ali or vali son of odin and rinder he is daring in fights and a most fortunate marksman thirty one one is called ullr son of sif stepson of thor he is so excellent a bowman and so swift on snowshoes that none may contend with him he is also fair of aspect and has the accomplishments of a warrior it is well to call on him in single combats thirty two for seti is the name of the son of baldr and nanna daughter of nep he has that hall in heaven which is called glitnir all that come to him with such quarrels as arise out of lawsuits all these return thence reconciled that is the best seat of judgment among gods and men thus it is said here a hall is called glitnir with gold tis pillared and with silver thatch the same therefore said he bides the full day through and puts to sleep all suits thirty three also numbered among the aesir is he whom some call the mischief-monger of the aesir and the first father of falsehoods and blemish of all gods and men he is named loki or lupter son of farbauti the giant his mother was laufi or nal his brothers are bileister and helblindi loki is beautiful and comely to look upon evil in spirit very fickle in habit he surpassed other men in that wisdom which is called slate and had artifices for all occasions he would ever bring the aesir into great hardships and then get them out with crafty counsel his wife was called sigin their son nari or narfi thirty four yet more children had loki angerboda was the name of a certain giantess in jutenheim with whom loki gat three children one was fenriswolf the second jormungandr that is the midgard serpent the third is hell but when the gods learned that this kindred was nourished in jutenheim and when the gods perceived by prophecy that from this kindred great misfortune should befall them and since it seemed to all that there was great prospect of ill first from the mother's blood and yet worse from the father's then all fathers sent gods thither to take the children and bring them to him when they came to him straightway he cast the serpent into the deep sea where he lies about all the land and this serpent grew so greatly that he lies in the midst of the ocean encompassing all the land and bites upon his own tail hell he cast into niflheim and gave to her power over nine worlds to apportion all abodes among those that were sent to her that is men dead of sickness or of old age she has great possessions there her walls are exceeding high and her gates great her hall is called sleet cold her dish hunger famine is her knife idler her thrall sloven her maidservant pit of stumbling her threshold by which one enters disease her bed gleaming bale her bed hangings she is half blue-black and half flesh-colour by which she is easily recognised and very lowering and fierce the wolf the aesir brought up at home and tyr alone dared to go to him to give him meat but when the gods saw how much he grew every day and when all prophecies declared that he was fated to be their destruction then the aesir seized upon this way of escape they made a very strong fetter which they called legindir and brought it before the wolf bidding him try his strength against the fetter the wolf thought that no overwhelming odds and let them do with him as they would the first time the wolf lashed out against it the fetter broke so he was loosed out of legindir 
after this the aesir made a second fetter stronger by half which they called dromi and bade the wolf try that fetter saying he would become very famous for strength if such huge workmanship should not suffice to hold him but the wolf thought that this fetter was very strong he considered also that strength had increased in him since the time he broke ledingir it came into his mind that he must expose himself to danger if he would become famous so he let the fetter be laid upon him now when the aesir declared themselves ready the wolf shook himself dashed the fetter against the earth and struggled fiercely with it spurned against it and broke the fetter so that the fragments flew far so he dashed himself out of dromi since then it passes as a proverb to loose out of ledinger or to dash out of dromi when anything is exceeding hard after that the aesir feared that they should never be able to get the wolf bound then all father sent him who was called skirnir freyr's messenger down into the region of the black elves to certain dwarves and caused to be made the fetter called gleipnir it was made of six things the noise a cat makes in footfall the beard of a woman the roots of a rock the sinews of a bear the breath of a fish and the spittle of a bird and though thou understand not these matters already yet now thou mayest speedily find certain proof herein that no lie is told thee thou must have seen that a woman has no beard and no sound comes from the leap of a cat and there are no roots under a rock and by my troth all that i have told thee is equally true though there be some things which thou canst not put to the test then said gangleri this certainly i can perceive to be true these things which thou hast taken for proof i can see but how was the fetter fashioned har answered that i am well able to tell thee the fetter was soft and smooth as a silken ribbon but as sure and strong as thou shalt now hear then when the fetter was brought to the aesir they thanked the messenger well for his errand then the aesir went out upon the lake called amsvartnir to the island called lingvi and summoning the wolf with them they showed him the silken ribbon and bade him burst it saying that it was somewhat stouter than appeared from its thickness and each passed it to the others and tested it with the strength of their hands and it did not snap yet they said the wolf could break it then the wolf answered touching this matter of the ribbon it seems to me that i shall get no glory of it though i snap asunder so slender a band but if it be made with cunning and wiles then though it seem little that band shall never come upon my feet then the aesir answered that he could easily snap apart a slight silken band he who had before broken great fetters of iron but if thou shalt not be able to burst this band then thou wilt not be able to frighten the gods and then we shall unloose thee the wolf said if ye bind me so that i shall not get free again then ye will act in such a way that it will be late ere i receive help from you i am unwilling that this band should be laid upon me yet rather than that ye should impugn my courage let some one of you lay his hand in my mouth for a pledge that this is done in good faith each of the aesir looked at his neighbour and none was willing to part with his hand until tyr stretched out his right hand and laid it in the wolf's mouth but when the wolf lashed out the fetter became hardened and the more he struggled against it the tighter the band was then all laughed except tyr he lost his hand when the aesir saw that the wolf was fully bound they took the chain that was fast to the fetter and which is called gelgja and passed it through a great rock it is called gul and fixed the rock deep down into the earth 
then they took a great stone and drove it yet deeper into the earth it was called thviti and used the stone for a fastening pin the wolf gaped terribly and thrashed about and strove to bite them they thrust into his mouth a certain sword the guards caught in his lower jaw and the point in the upper that is his gag he howls hideously and slaver runs out of his mouth that is the river called van there he lies till the weird of the gods then said gangleri marvellous ill children did loki beget but all these brethren are of great might yet why did not the aesir kill the wolf seeing they had expectation of evil from him har answered so greatly did the gods esteem their holy place and sanctuary that they would not stain it with the wolf's blood though so say the prophecies he shall be the slayer of odin end of sections twenty one to thirty four of the gilfagening or the beguiling of gilfi recording by expatriate in bangor maine Hey guys, Joe here from the Modern Heathen Man. How are you guys tonight? I hope I'm meeting you well. Anyway, I wanted to tell you guys, while I'm out traveling, it's not always feasible to carry my whole big altar box with me. So sometimes I like a little something in my pocket. And I found a great place to get that from. That's Odin's Beard Woodworking. Great little place out there. It makes small little pocket altars for you with candles and... Um, gods and everything in them, little sayings and such. Wonderful work that this man does. Carves everything by hand. He has a couple things going on here. He has little pocket altars that I'm talking about for $25. He has small deity poles of 5 to 6 inches for $40. 7 to 8 inches for $45. 9 to 10 for $50. And 11 to 12 for $60. He has 26 different deities to choose from and more coming every day. Your choices right now are Odin, Thor, Tyr, Loki, Freyr, Baldr, Bragi, Hemdal, Njord, Fenrir, Ullr, Vidar, Hermod, Hel, Freya, Ostri, Skadi, Sif, Er, Frigg, Var, Thrud, Idun, Sigun, Ran, and Njord. That's a lot of different gods to choose from. So he can meet anybody's needs. Tell him what you want. You can go ahead and find him at www.odinsbeardwoodworking.com. He also has a Facebook page, and I know he does some stuff live every once in a while that you can actually watch him carve those things. Anyway, give him a good uh, look-see there and see if he has something that you can use. I guarantee his little pocket ultras will come in handy for you. So anyway, thanks, guys. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Gilfagening sections 35 through 44 of the prose edda by snorri sturluson translated by arthur gilchrist brodeur 1888 to 1971 this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine the beguiling of gilfi section 35 then said gangleri which are the asinur har said frigg is the foremost she has that estate which is called fensalir and it is most glorious the second is saga she dwells at sokvabekar 
and that is a great abode the third is fear she is the best physician the fourth is gefjun she is a virgin and they that die maidens attend her the fifth is fula she also is a maid and goes with loose tresses and a golden band about her head she bears the ashen coffer of frigg and has charge over her footgear and knows her secret counsel freya is most gently born together with frigg she is wedded to the man named odur their daughter is hnos she is so fair that those things which are fair and precious are called hnasir odur went away on long journeys and freya weeps for him and her tears are red gold freya has many names and this is the cause thereof that she gave herself sundry names when she went out among unknown peoples seeking odur she is called mardul and hurn gefn sir freya sir freya had the necklace brisingamen she is also called lady of the vanir the seventh is Sjöfin. she is most diligent in turning the thoughts of men to love both of women and of men and from her name love longing is called siafni the eighth is lofen she is so gracious and kindly to those that call upon her that she wins all fathers or frigg's permission for the coming together of mankind in marriage of women and of men though it were forbidden before or seemed flatly denied from her name such permission is called leave and thus also she is much loved of men the ninth is var she hearkens to the oaths and compacts made between men and women wherefore such covenants are called vows she also takes vengeance on those who perjure themselves the tenth is vur she is wise and of searching spirit so that none can conceal anything from her it is a saying that a woman becomes ware of that of which she is informed the eleventh is seen she keeps the door in the hall and locks it before those who should not go in she is also set at trials as a defence against such suits as she wishes to refute thence is the expression that sin is set forward when a man denies the twelfth is hlin she is established as keeper over those men whom frigg desires to preserve from any danger thence comes the saying that he who escaped leans snotra is thirteenth she is prudent and of gentle bearing from her name a woman or a man who is moderate is called snotr the fourteenth is na her frigg sends into diverse lands on her errands she has that horse which runs over sky and sea and is called hoof tosser once when she was riding certain of the vanir saw her course in the sky then one spake what flieth there what fareth there or glideth in the air she made answer i fly not though i fare and in the air glide on hoof tosser him that humskerpir gat with gardrofa from gna's name that which soars high is said to gnefa soul and beel are reckoned among the asinur but their nature has been told before thirty six there are also those others whose office it is to serve in valhalla to bear drink and mind the table service and ale flagons thus are they named in grinnismal hrist and mist i would have bear the horn to me skeguld and skugul hildr and thrudr hluk and hrfjotur gul and geirahud rangrider and radgrider and regenleif these bear the einherjar ale these are called valkyrs them odin sends to every battle 
they determine men's feyness and award victory gudr and rota and the youngest norn she who is called skuld ride ever to take the slain and decide fights jord the mother of thor and rinder vali's mother are reckoned among the asynjur thirty seven a certain man was called gymir and his wife arboda she was of the stock of the hill giants their daughter was gerdr who was fairest of all women it chanced one day that freyr had gone to hlidskalf and gazed over all the world but when he looked over into the northern region he saw on an estate a house great and fair and toward this house went a woman when she raised her hands and opened the door before her brightness gleamed from her hands both over sky and sea and all the worlds were illumined of her thus his overweening pride in having presumed to sit in that holy seat was avenged upon him that he went away full of sorrow when he had come home he spake not he slept not he drank not no man dared speak to him then hjordr summoned to him skirnir freyr's foot-page and bade him go to freyr and beg speech of him and ask for whose sake he was so bitter that he would not speak with men but skirnir said he would go albeit unwillingly and said that evil answers were to be expected of freyr but when he came to freyr straightway he asked why freyr was so downcast and spake not with men then freyr answered and said that he had seen a fair woman and for her sake he was so full of grief that he would not live long if he were not to obtain her and now thou shalt go and woo her on my behalf and have her hither whether her father will or no i will reward thee well for it then skirnir answered thus he would go on his errand but freyr should give him his own sword which is so good that it fights of itself and freyr did not refuse but gave him the sword then skirnir went forth and wooed the woman for him and received her promise and nine nights later she was to come to the place called bari and then go to the bridal with freyr but when skirnir told freyr his answer then he sang this lay long is one night long is the second how can i wait through three often a month to me seemed less than this one night of waiting this was to blame for freyr's being so weaponless when he fought with belly and slew him with the horn of a heart then said gangleri tis much to be wondered at that such a great chief as freyr is would give away his sword not having another equally good it was a great privation to him when he fought with him called belly by my faith he must have rued that gift then answered har there was small matter in that when he and belly met freyr could have killed him with his hand it shall come to pass that freyr will think a worse thing has come upon him when he misses his sword on that day that the sons of muspel go a harrying thirty eight then said gangleri thou sayest that all those men who have fallen in battle from the beginning of the world are now come to odin in valhalla what has he to give them for food i should think that a very great host must be there then har answered that which thou sayest is true a very mighty multitude is there but many more shall be notwithstanding which it will seem all too small in the time when the wolf shall come but never is so vast a multitude in valhalla that the flesh of that boar shall fail which is called serimnir he is boiled every day and is whole at evening but this question which thou askest now i think it likelier that few may be so wise as to be able to report truthfully concerning it 
his name who roasts is andrimnir and the kettle is eldrimnir so it is said here andrimnir has an eldrimnir serimnir sodden best of hams yet how few know with what food the champions are fed then said gangleri has odin the same fare as the champions har answered that food which stands on his board he gives to two wolves which he has called geri and freki but no food does he need wine is both food and drink to him so it says here geri and freki the war mighty glutteth the glorious god of hosts but on wine alone the weapon glorious odin a liveth the ravens sit on his shoulders and say into his ear all the tidings which they see or hear they are called thus hugin and munin he sends them at daybreak to fly about all the world and they come back at undernmeal thus he is acquainted with many tidings therefore men call him raven god as is said hugin and munin hover each day the wide earth over i fear for hugin lest he fare not back yet watch i more for munin thirty nine then said gangleri what have the champions to drink that may suffice them as abundantly as the food or is water drunk there then said har now thou askest strangely as if all father would invite to him kings or earls or other men of might and would give them water to drink i know by my faith that many a man comes to valhalla who would think he had bought his drink of water dearly if there were not better cheer to be had there he who before had suffered wounds and burning pain unto death i can tell thee a different tale of this the she-goat she who is called hydrun stands up in valhalla and bites the needles from the limb of that tree which is very famous and is called leradur and from her udders mead runs so copiously that she fills a ton every day that ton is so great that all the champions become quite drunk from it then said gangleri that is a wondrous proper goat for them it must be an exceeding good tree from which she eats then spake har even more worthy of note is the heart eikthrini which stands in valhalla and bites from the limbs of the tree and from his horns distils such abundant exudation that it comes down into vergelmir and from thence fall those rivers called thus sid fid sukon sukin aikin svul guntra fjorm fimbultu gipul gupul gumul garfimul those fall about the abodes of the aesir these also are recorded tin vin tul hul grad guntren nit nut nun hrun vina fegsvin chodnuma forty then said gangleri these are marvellous tidings which thou now tellest a wondrous great house valhalla must be it must often be exceeding crowded before the doors then har answered why dost thou not ask how many doors there are in the hall or how great if thou hearest that told then thou wilt say that it is strange indeed if whosoever will may not go out and in but it may be said truly that it is no more crowded to find place therein than to enter into it here thou mayest read in grimnismal five hundred doors and forty more so i deem stand in valhalla eight hundred champions go out at each door when they fare to fight with the wolf forty one then said gangleri a very mighty multitude of men is in valhalla so that by my faith odin is a very great chieftain since he commands so large an army 
now what is the sport of the champions when they are not fighting Har replied every day as soon as they are clothed they straightway put on their armour and go out into the court and fight and fell each other that is their sport and when the time draws near to undernmeal they ride home to valhalla and sit down to drink even as is said here all the einherjar in odin's court deal out blows every day the slain they choose and ride from the strife sit later in love together but what thou hast said is true odin is of great might many examples are found in proof of this as is here said in the words of the aesir themselves ash yggdrasil's trunk of trees is foremost and skidbladnir of ships odin of aesir of all seeds sleipnir bifrost of bridges and bragi of skalds habrok of hawks and of hounds garmer forty two then said gangleri who owns that horse sleipnir or what is to be said of him hur answered thou hast no knowledge of sleipnir's points and thou knowest not the circumstances of his begetting but it will seem to thee worth the telling it was early in the first days of the gods dwelling here when the gods had established the midgard and made valhalla there came at that time a certain rite and offered to build them a citadel in three seasons so good that it should be staunch and proof against the hill giants and the rime giants though they should come in over midgard but he demanded as wages that he should have possession of freya and would fain have had the sun and the moon then the aesir held parley and took counsel together and a bargain was made with the right that he should have that which he demanded if he should succeed in completing the citadel in one winter on the first day of summer if any part of the citadel were left unfinished he should lose his reward and he was to receive help from no man in the work when they told him these conditions he asked that they would give him leave to have the help of his stallion which was called svadilfari and loki advised it so that the rite's petition was granted he set to work the first day of winter to make the citadel and by night he hauled stones with the stallion's aid and it seemed very marvellous to the aesir what great rocks that horse drew for the horse did more rough work by half than did the right but there were strong witnesses to their bargain and many oaths since it seemed unsafe to the giant to be among the aesir without truce if thor should come home but thor had then gone away into the eastern region to fight trolls now when the winter drew nigh unto its end the building of the citadel was far advanced and it was so high and strong that it could not be taken when it lacked three days of summer the work had almost reached the gate of the stronghold then the gods sat down in their judgment seats and sought means of evasion and asked one another who had advised giving freya into jutenheim or so destroying the air and the heaven as to take thence the sun and the moon and give them to the giants the gods agreed that he must have counselled this who is wont to give evil advice loki laufiarsson and they declared him deserving of an ill death if he could not hit upon a way of losing the right his wages and they threatened loki with violence but when he became frightened then he swore oaths that he would so contrive that the right should lose his wages cost him what it might that same evening when the right drove out after stone with the stallion svadilfari a mare bounded forth from a certain wood and whinnied to him the stallion perceiving what manner of horse this was straightway became frantic and snapped the traces asunder and leaped over to the mare and she away to the wood 
and the right after striving to seize the stallion these horses ran all night and the right stopped there that night and afterward at day the work was not done as it had been before when the right saw that the work could not be brought to an end he fell into giant's fury now that the aesir saw surely that the hill giant was come thither they did not regard their oaths reverently but called on thor who came as quickly and straightway the hammer mjolnir was raised aloft he paid the right's wage and not with the sun and the moon nay he even denied them dwelling in jutenheim and struck but the one first blow so that his skull was burst into small crumbs and sent him down below under niflhel but loki had such dealings with Faldifari that somewhat later he gave birth to a foal which was grey and had eight feet and this horse is the best among gods and men so is said in voluspa then all the powers strode to the seats of judgment the most holy god's council held together who had the air all with evil envenomed or to the etten race odours made given broken were oaths then bond and swearing pledges all sacred which passed between them thor alone smote there swollen with anger he seldom sits still when such he hears of forty three then said gangleri what is to be said of skidbladnir that which is best of ships is there no ship equally great hur replied skidbladnir is best of ships and made with most skill of craftsmanship but nagelfar is the largest ship muspel has it certain dwarves sons of ivaldi made skidbladnir and gave the ship to freyr it is so great that all the aesir may man it with their weapons and armaments and it has a favouring wind as soon as the sail is hoisted whithersoever it is bound but when there is no occasion for going to sea in it it is made of so many things and with so much cunning that then it may be folded together like a napkin and kept in one's pouch forty four then spake gangleri a good ship is skidbladnir but very great magic must have been used upon it before it got to be so fashioned has thor never experienced such a thing that he has found in his path somewhat so mighty or so powerful that it has overmatched him through strength and magic then said hur few men i ween are able to tell of this yet many a thing has seemed to him hard to overcome though there may have been something so powerful or strong that thor might not have succeeded in winning the victory yet it is not necessary to speak of it because there are many examples to prove and because all are bound to believe that thor is mightiest then said gangleri it seems to me that i must have asked you touching this matter what no one is able to tell of then spake jafenhor that we have heard say concerning some matters which seem to us incredible but here sits one near at hand who will know how to tell true tidings of this therefore thou must believe that he will not lie for the first time now who never lied before gangleri said here will i stand and listen if any answer is forthcoming to this word but otherwise i pronounce you overcome if ye cannot tell that which i ask you then spake thridi now it is evident that he is resolved to know this matter though it seemed not to us a pleasant thing to tell this is the beginning of this tale uku thor drove forth with his he-goats and chariot and with him that ass called loki they came at evening to a husbandman's and there received a night's lodging about evening thor took his he-goats and slaughtered them both after that they were flayed and borne to the cauldron when the cooking was done then thor and his companions sat down to supper 
thor invited to meet with him the husbandman and his wife and their children the husbandman's son was called thjalfi and the daughter of ruskva then thor laid the goat hides farther away from the fire and said that the husbandman and his servants should cast the bones on the goat hides thjalfi the husbandman's son was holding a thigh bone of the goat and split it with his knife and broke it for the marrow thor tarried there overnight and in the interval before day he rose up and clothed himself took the hammer mjolnir swung it up and hallowed the goat hides straightway the he-goats rose up and then one of them was lame in a hind leg thor discovered this and declared that the husbandman or his household could not have dealt wisely with the bones of the goat he knew that the thigh-bone was broken there is no need to make a long story of it all may know how frightened the husbandman must have been when he saw how thor let his brows sink down before his eyes but when he looked at the eyes then it seemed to him that he must fall down before their glances alone thor clenched his hands on the hammer shaft so that the knuckles whitened and the husbandman and all his household did what was to be expected they cried out lustily prayed for peace offered in recompense all that they had but when he saw their terror then the fury departed from him and he became appeased and took of them in atonement their children thjalfi and ruskva who then became his bond-servants and they follow him ever since end of gilfagening sections thirty five to forty four recording by expatriate in bangor maine